Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is, gosh, it's Wednesday already. Um, and I have not done channeling Amelin <laughs> since last Thursday. I have not been consistent. My plan was to do it Monday through Thursday. And the semester started this week. So I didn't actually take the time to stop and reflect and make my video or make my recording. I notice this happens quite a bit in my life. I'm gung-ho on something and then I lose interest after a while. I like experiences and sometimes when experiences are too repetitive, I lose interest. So I do have a commitment to this process because I can see what it is becoming. And the whole purpose for my channeling Amelin was a process where I am unfolding my highest self. And that takes effort to do. And if I record it as I go along, then hopefully the process can be helpful to other people. I do see that our future is going to require um, humans to engage in the evolution process. So no longer can we be programmed by others, right, from the external world about our beliefs and our values and our thoughts, but that we will be choosing from within how to express ourselves. Especially with artificial intelligence, I research a lot about the future. And um, with artificial intelligence, we do need to give up privacy in order for us to um, enjoy the benefits of our connected world. And I understand that that can be scary for people because they don't trust the outside world. But that is because they haven't found their inside power. Once you find your inside power, then you realize that you're living the same in the world as you were before, but now you're in control of your perceptions. So you can remove the limitations that stop you from your own expression. And a lot of times what stops us from our own individual expression is our, our feeling that we need to comply with an outside structure. Um, sometimes when I'm talking to people, they, um, they fight for the reality of victimhood, right? I am a victim, I cannot do because I am oppressed from the outside. Now this does not take away the shared reality that we have um, in that there are people and processes and statuses in place that don't serve everybody, right? They were actually put in place to help a few and ostracize the others and those systems are still in place today. So one of the best things about um, creating from the inside out is you don't need those systems, right? You break those systems. We just feel that they're so concrete because we keep recreating them every choice we make. But we can step back and say, okay, that's how you guys play? Cool, let me play this way and see what happens. Um, it's kind of like that lifestyle creep. Right? We get into a position and then our answer is, I've been victimized by my choices and I cannot be free to express because I am held down by my material possessions 
and all the effort it requires to keep them up, right? So you buy a 5,000 square foot home or shoot, even a 1,200 square foot home and it's just you. And then now you have to spend all these hours cleaning and and decorating and purchasing and, and working to be able to consume, to fill this space with stuff. And then you must continue to cons- um, work so that you can pay for it for the next 30 years. And then you buy a vehicle on top of that. And then you want to go and you um, want to travel. So you're spending the money to travel while you owe all this debt for um, your livelihood where you live. So it just, it gets us into a trap. And that is a choice. A lot of us think, well, I have to live, but the way that you live is completely up to you. So if you find that you're working your ass off to keep up an expression that you don't actually feel fulfilled by, then work can seem as a prison sentence, right? You must get up and go. You don't have a choice because you have locked yourself into this Um, this program, this role, this expectation of society. But we have the opportunity to get out of that. First of all, it has to be the decision to do so. And in all of my work with spirituality, it is not about plugging into a system, that's for sure. It's all about your self-expression, but people plug into systems because it's easier. And I did it too. I'm not saying that, um, and I'm still doing it to some extent because I have fear that prevents me from completely bucking the system from the outside. I'm using the system as I manipulate it. (coughs) Uh, I'm going to have to edit out my coughs and sniffles because I have allergies today. And is that my reality I'm creating? Yes. Because every time I think about it, I have an emotion. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it frustrating? Is it just is? Am I out of control with my allergies or am I in control and I make definite decisions Uh, like I refuse to take an antihistamine and everybody's like that's silly just take it but I stopped popping pills a long time ago Um, I wasn't really a huge pill popper because I didn't quite believe in medication because it made me feel bad when I had it before I mean, it it might have addressed the symptoms for everybody else, but for me, it ruined my self-expression. So when I was younger, so I didn't ever like to take pills. Um, But then after my PhD program and understanding research and science and what it is, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be very selective of what medical science I put in my body. And I'm gonna be very conscious. And rather than just going to the doctor and him saying, here, take this. Cause I've been to the doctor and that seems all they do. Here, take this, take this, take this, take this. But then my body doesn't heal itself. And it just learns to be fed from the outside. So I don't necessarily wanna do that. Um, I understand that nutrition runs a lot of us cause we have consciousness, not consciousness necessarily, but our expression comes from our head and our gut, right? Those are the two places that you come from. Um, and your food will impact your expression as well as your thoughts. So if I can't get my food right, well, it's not that I can't. I'm in the process of working through my limitations and my beliefs that prevent me from eating healthy foods at all times then I'd rather work on that effort than popping some pills. (laughs) So if I ever got cancer or something like that or horrible 
I don't know, misalignment, then um, I would get in alignment first before I started poisoning myself, right? I'd be like, first of all, ask my body what the hell's happening. What Show me where this um, reaction is coming from, where this dis-ease, because I don't have an interest in just putting duct tape on it. I feel really good in my body most of the time. <laughs> I And I, I acknowledge with gratitude the times that I don't feel great, the times that I do feel great. So it returns me back to my thinking that, hey, my body's pretty awesome. Um, even right now, I understand that the reason why I'm snotty and, and I got drainage, my eyes are itchy, is because my body's trying to protect me from a pollen... Um, infiltration <laughs> that it believes is a risk. So I'm going to let it fight it off. So that came up probably because that's what I'm dealing with right now is the effects of my body. The semester started and I'm really excited. In my head, I have all these great ideas and, um, and ways to play, right? Because I really do believe coming to college is the first time. It's really a time for the student to begin to lead their own education. And our system has prevented them with the ability nor the desire. <laughs> Both of those things were like, no, you don't need to be curious. The answer is what I tell you. And it's in the back of the book. <laughs> or it's in the back of the book, you know? It's like, um, I get it. We wanted to make it easy. We wanted everybody to be programmed the same, but that is so detrimental to our human species because it's only when every person is in their own self-expression that true evolution can take place because it's almost like that one or two individuals that are deciding for everybody else how they are or how they're going to be. Um, they're directing evolution, but we're all a part of it. And when it doesn't serve all of us, like right now, these old systems from 400, 300, 200 years ago, um, we're perpetuating those systems. If every single one of us that don't agree with them stopped playing into them, they would crumble, right? And that means that we vote people that aren't in the system or government. Not that they're not qualified, but that they're not going to play the game right? That they're going to start working for the people and we're going to hold them accountable for that. Same thing with institutions. I mean, most of this is government, as I notice. In corporations, we should too. Um, I think that's pretty easy. If we don't believe in how they're treating their employers, we shouldn't get a job there. And if we don't agree for the way that they're doing with our planet or how they're maneuvering their power, we shouldn't um, play with them. We shouldn't consume their goods. We shouldn't interact with them. And we're just not um, aware. We're not taking responsibility for our choices in our expression because what we align with is what we're expressing. So if we do align with one of these corporations that condemns certain types of people and allows for opportunities only for a few, then that will perpetuate. And that is, you know, we're not victims in it. We're creating it. But it does take a collective to move a collective. You individually can move yourself. And as we all individually move ourselves, we will become a collective. 
but we have to do our own work because nobody can tell you what's right or wrong for you. You need to figure that out first. And then if we do that, I personally have optimism and an understanding. If we were truly self-expressed and we were happy individuals, then we would go forth using our strengths and we would contribute to the greater evolution of humanity. Um, it's only when we're um, in fear, feeling limitations, um, we feel it's an us and them, that victimhood stuff, that's when we're not actually in alignment. We're not expressing our true selves. We're just allowing fear to keep us as sheep, right? Because humans are, are pretty much programmed sheep. Um, we have a prefrontal cortex, but we definitely have an encouraged use of it in our society. I don't know why I'm rambling about this stuff today. Um, so I haven't been a consumer for quite a while and um, I'm good. I'm happy about these lessons that I'm learning because <clears throat> in not consuming, I realize how much we don't need, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy individual. I don't need to seek my content um, I don't need to seek enjoyment from the outside world. I can get it from myself. So no matter what I'm at, whether I'm at home, I'm at home a lot more now because I don't need to go out. Um, but I'm quite content with myself. I mean, my channeling Amelin, um, process, this recording is just me being with me. It's things that I do to, um, help myself as well as I'm trying to serve others, right? So I'm thinking outside of my own experience and saying, hey, if I'm a human going through this, there's other humans going through this, and maybe um, I can just share some wisdom that I came across in doing the process, and somebody might resonate with it. That's cool. And I understand if it, nobody resonates with it, like if it's, um, I don't know, that buried book from the um, 1700s <laughs> where it's like produced in today's modern times and they're like holy crap why didn't we know this was there I'm okay with that too right so and I don't know if it's real these are my thoughts that keep me doing it so I don't need to get like tons of response right now if it's like whispers in the dark or nobody listens to it many of my videos or my podcast I go back and I listen to them because I have to integrate and and review but when I um, listen to them, I'm like, oh, I'm the only one that's listened to this. That's awesome. And then um, immediately my ego goes, then why are you doing this if nobody's listening? And then um, I acknowledge I'm doing this for my own process. If I start doing this for others, then that becomes a performance and not an authentic unfolding. So get over it, Amelin. And, <laughs> and then I create the story of, hey, Maybe nobody will listen to this stuff during my entire lifetime. How do I feel about that? I don't think that's true, but <laughs> if I can hold that and I'll be okay with it, right, without expectations, then I can keep moving forward. My struggle is the routine. Emmeline has to keep going back to her third person. I'm talking about myself. Awesome. Her struggle with again, 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 because I do it once and I'm like, that's cool. But this I have to keep going back to. And it's different every time. 
I didn't know what was going to happen when I sat down today. I actually had nothing. That's why I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't have anything to talk about. I have nothing to process as I've been rambling for like 15 minutes. Ugh, what about the world? I love seeing people, by the way, um, shifting right now. I know it's painful. Some people are in quite pain. They're like, oh, I either lost my job or I can't stand it anymore and I don't know where I fit in. Um, and that can be difficult. I get it. Um, but people are doing it. They're jumping. I really should offer those workshops out in the community, but I don't enjoy or I don't have a story of enjoyment around my business side, like creating the cards and doing the advertising and the website and the, uh, I have the vision. I just need a partner that's going to do what they're good at in the spots that I'm not good at. And then we can collaborate and build a potential together, but I'm not there yet. So I'll keep working on my product. I did say, though, that next semester I have to go live. Um, 2020 was my deadline to do either my student community or, or something, right? Where I stand on my own two feet. So I have to start getting it together. If it's not my curriculum, then I'll be workshops. Um, meaning if it's not curriculum that I'm going to sell to institutions and corporations, then it will be individuals in the community and coaching yeah. Oh, yes, I understand how it can be overwhelming because you have all the opportunities in the world and you're just like, oh, how do I take this step in this new journey that I've not played? Because I've always known the, the game was to go apply to others rather than try to create from within, right? I'm trying to create a job. I'm trying, uh, not a job, but work for myself, value. And then hopefully I would like to hire other people. And I say hire, I don't care if it's me hiring, if it's our conglomerate hiring, if it's volunteer and then people get, I just, the money thing, I definitely would give that to a CFO. I'd be like, you handle the money. I'm not interested, <laughs> but I understand that we need it, right? We need it to build we need it for other people to play. Um, I remember my chair said something like that. He's like, people do need to be compensated for their work. And it hurt me. Because it, I believe that there's a tit for tat in our society. We don't do things unless we get something in return. And that is the biggest limitation of self-expression. It's like, I must do this in order to get this thing that I need. But we don't look at how else could I get this thing that I need without doing this other process, right? So we just end up in the same trap. <coughs> Goodness gracious. I do not enjoy editing, to be honest. It's so detail-oriented. Like, every second, it's like you have to monitor and take things out. And I always have the idea I'm going to go back and edit my podcast or my medium. I should just call this a medium because I don't know if I want to stick with the podcast only or if I want to do the video. I like doing the video because I feel like I'm talking to somebody. We're on the podcast. 
I'm just out into the air. I mean, I can still do it. I'm still talking to myself, right? I'm processing internally. All right. But I do have um, an hour of time. And that's good because with my busy schedule, my busy schedule, so busy. With my schedule, I can focus. So what do I want to work on today? Well, I know, again, I'm going into action. So let's see what's preventing me from moving forward still. The interesting aspect from last week was about relationships and my expectations of others that prevent me from connecting and combining and working with them. Because people show up the way you see them, not the way they really are. Your interpretation of their expression is what you're receiving. And I realized that um, the way that I was seeing people was limiting because I, I don't know, I still have that teenager, I guess, that wants to be in rebellion to something. So I create a, um, an adversary that doesn't exist. And a lot of the times the adversary is a them. And if you ask me, please define who these thems are. I couldn't give you names and faces. Oh, wait, no, one of them just popped up. I could give you very few names and faces, and to be honest, they just have opinions. They don't have power. So it really is my own limitations that I'm putting up around my ability to fully express. And then I also have all these people in my mind that I've recently met that I want to play with, and I know I need to work on my ask. So I have some ideas of how to do that. So we have a pitch contest at the college, which is a lot like Shark Tank, where you pitch an idea. To be honest, I don't know all the parts of making a pitch. I can research it. But I think that by teaching, I do, right? So in helping my students prepare for that pitch contest, I'm going to use my idea as a model. So as we're going through it, I'm going to learn and do and have them watch as they do. Well, they don't have to watch, though. I'd like them to participate, right? Because we are basically, how do we get an idea, learning the process of getting an idea to the point of clarity where we can communicate it to other people and then they can collaborate and help us build. Um, so I need to play with others because they have the skills to do that. So today, maybe what I should do is send out all my feeler emails and then here's the thing with the feeler emails. I wanted to have my pitch to send to some other people. Because if my pitch isn't well, um, isn't done well, then they're going to just think I'm a crazy girl with a bunch of ideas. They're like, all right, but I don't understand what you want us to do or how we're going to play or where we're going. So I need to get clarity on that. And um, that's the different, that I, I would say that's the artistry not the idea creation because I think the ideas come to me as a gift right they just come out of the cosmos they're like oh how did you think of that one I don't know it just came to me but my my true gift is is how I take an idea and I make it tangible in the world so right now my gift is to take something like a complex idea and break it down into simplicities and metaphors and explain it to others so that they can see it but um, 
but that's in its essence, not in its detail. In its detail, it might be write a curriculum, have workshops, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. The doing is what I struggle with still, and I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not conflicted as far as if I work with others and I delegate because I need people to do things. There's no way I can do this on my own. The more and more that I discover um, the process, the more I realize I need others to help collaborate and make it happen. So I'm not struggling with the aspect of delegating because I'm not in that position of manipulation of others to get what I need, right? So I've I've worked on my ego, so I'm not going to use people to only create my vision. I want to find people that have a similar vision to what I have and have buy-in to that creation and can use their gifts um, as we work together to build something that's equally beneficial to all of us. Um, yeah, a project manager would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where we're at. I have no idea where my mind went. With my meditation, um, it's pretty simple. It's pretty... Oh, routine now. I go into that darkness and I just sit there. And then I see myself from separate from myself. I think I'm going to actually do that on Thursday. So on Thursday in class, we're talking about the future, um, including artificial intelligence, right? How, how it changes how we show up and express ourselves in how we learn, in how we're going to engage and collaborate and what work means. So... I think that individually, if we look at the world from our inside out, um, without doing the work, then we feel victimized, right? Because we don't have our power yet. But if we can look at it from the top down as a species, then we can see the wonder that we're creating for all. I know individually it's easy to say, but this will impact me this way and this will impact me this way. Yes, there are going to be impacts that are happening, but if we see where we're going and we understand the vision, then we can buy into it. And we're going this way. We are going to be much more connected as a species and evolution requires that we work together. And privacy is going to go away. Sorry, can't hide anymore. I never um, quite understood what privacy was except for the fear that somebody else will manipulate you by knowing you better than you know yourself, right? But I know myself, so I don't think that anybody can manipulate me. So that's my perspective. I know other people are like, Evelyn, you don't understand these fears. And I'm like, I really don't need to understand them. They don't exist in my world. But I got to sneeze again. All right. One good thing about allergies, though, is you clean out your system of all the gunk, right? The antihistamine stop you from sneezing and getting rid of all this crap that your body has taken in. So 
sorry, I just, just let everything, my eyes water, get out whatever that is, my nose. I have to edit this. There's no way I can have nose blowing. Yes, I can. Screw it. This is reality. You know, a part of me really likes that too, is editing feels like it's not organic if we edit it, but sooner or later, it will be edited for easier enjoyment, right? It's kind of like artificial intelligence. It can pull up all the patterns from all of my videos and find specific content and then just share that. So it's taking a bite size of the expression. But right now, uh, I'm going to decide I don't want to edit this video. Screw it. Nobody listens, then they don't have to process through all this. And if somebody listens, then they get the organic experience. And then when I come back to it like a year later, because I have watched some of my videos, dude, I really struggled at the beginning of this process. And when I watch those videos, two things. It doesn't feel like I'm watching me. Like I've moved past that stuff. I'm like... Wow, I can see how we evolve. That's one of the beauties when you look at you. Um, it used to be just in pictures, but now we have audio and we have video and we have our ideas shared. So in my Facebook, um, when it pops up memories from years in the past, those, um, those memories <laughs> sometimes feel in alignment. I can tell when I'm on path. And sometimes I was like, oh, this is when you were struggling with that thing. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to go within because it's 30 minutes I've been rambling. I want to have some kind of focus, right? And get me a routine. 30 minutes I can ramble. Just talk, talk, talk because I'm uncovering that which I'm struggling with maybe in talking. Like right now I do want to move forward and, and take all this action. But there's something that's still stopping me. I know what it is, too. is because I see 100 years from now. It's like, it's kind of frustrating. But also with your gifts come um, lack of other gifts. Not necessarily. That's not true. When I said that, that was absolutely not true when it came out of your, my mouth. Um, how do I say this? I can see 100 years in advance easily. But it takes great effort to translate those visions into how do I execute them in today. And I guess that's the whole point of an entrepreneur, right? An entrepreneur has that vision and they believe in it so fully that they're willing to figure out how to get there. So I'm an unconventional entrepreneur because I have the artist aspect, right? I see the vision. I, I have the ability to create. I have the desire to create but the programs and the systems, I'm still bucking. I'm still fighting them off. And then I'm also struggling here, let me, with divine timing, right? So, oh, Teresa and I have been doing this for a year, but I knew that we were going to work together a long time ago. I just had no clue how. And now that we're writing the book together, a part of me is like, well, that's obvious, that makes sense. But then I also don't see how writing that book together gets us to where I see us going. You know what I mean? And then um, the timing. Again, a year ago, I knew we were going to do something together. We're just now writing the book. The book could take a year. I have no idea in the unfolding. It's like every Friday if we do a chapter and then, I don't know, 
All right, I'm done with my coffee. I went over a little bit. I think this turns off at right at 30 um, an hour. Okay. Uh, Emma Lynn, take ownership. This recording is only for you. Because otherwise I'm going to be anxious and say, I should have done this. 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 I shouldn't do anything. I just am. Okay. So, very quickly, I'm going to go through my visualization process that I use in order to get in channel and in channel all it is is my intention to work within and to overcome any limiting beliefs that I have of ego I take my consciousness into this space where my ego is put aside and then I tap into the all-knowing of my highest expression of self um, and I get all the information that maybe my brain doesn't pick up because it's already in programming but I allow the space so that new information can come in and I'm open and willing to receiving. Here's how I do it. First and foremost, I take the four, seven, eight breath rhythm. I breathe in for a count of four. I hold it for a count of seven and I breathe out for a count of eight. And then um, that slows my breathing down. So And as I go through that process, I'm just centering and slowing down. And I use my visualization as a tree. And the tree brings all the elements of my meditation together um, or my visualization together. First and foremost is the grounding. I did not ground for many years and I've learned how valuable it is. Grounding is an acknowledgement that I am going to leave the plane of our reality that we share together, myself with other people. There's a reality that we agree on. We show up together with some kind of understanding. It might be an understanding of how the world works, gravity, love. It could just be our humanity. It could be a shared interest we have, a time and space we show up. But we do have a shared reality. Maybe not per the perception of that reality is different, but there's something in the reality we've agreed to share. That's what I ground into because when I didn't grind, ground myself into our shared reality, I would be up in the cosmos as I walked amongst others. So I'd be walking amongst my, co my colleagues, my family, my friends, my students, um, community, but I would not be there present. I couldn't really relate to everything they were going through because I wasn't grounded into our shared reality. I was only living the expression of my reality, which I get it's a little woo woo out there because I worked on letting go of my boundaries. And when I go into a world of boundaries and I didn't ground, I couldn't, I couldn't interact, right? I was in isolation amongst many people. So grounding, now you see it as a um, roots formed into a bulb and they go deep into the earth and out to the side, grounding me in, again, a shared reality. Then from the roots up through my body, the tree trunk represents the channel or the, um, the pathway, right? So I go up from our shared reality into my unique reality. And my unique reality, it, um, I see this, the space is like the bows of the tree the leaves and the branches. Mine come in as the colors of the Aurora Borealis. And in this space, I use visualization creativity again. 
And when I visualize, I don't just see like 2D pictures. I can um, see and all of my senses get involved, right? So I almost can hear the talking. Even though it's in my visualization, I can almost hear it in my ears. I can taste. So if I see an apple, I can, I can almost see the condensation on it, the little, so very, very, very detailed. And in this space I go into, I have created helpers, right? So I've allowed, let's put it that way. I've surrendered into not understanding and just allowing what is to come forth. And this is how it comes forth. I have a council and a council is basically just entities of energy that I'm directing my focus to and asking them questions. So it's almost like I'm not asking myself because that integrates my ego or how I see myself. I'm asking the highest expression of myself and they come as energy entities now and this might be coming from my belief of course because I do believe that we are but a single expression of God's source right everything that is goodness everything that is is we are like a sliver of that expression into our human self so my highest expression of myself is connecting into um, the bigger God source um, opportunities, not just my sliver, right? And I have these, and this is where some people pray. They have pray, or they may have a, a distant relative that has passed over they connect with. It might be nature, it might be whatever it is. But we all believe that there's something out there that is beyond our own creation, and that's what you tap into. I also bring up Teresa, which is my mentor. Uh, she's alive in this <laughs> in this lifetime, but um, she has helped coach, like direct me, take a breath, slow down, go into the pain. Um, let's explore that more. So I have her, not as she see as she shows up in my reality, the shared reality we have, because she shows up as a Native American woman in a rocking chair on this porch. Um, but her essence is the same. So I can tell it's her through her energy, though she looks different. And um, I hear her. So even though I'm tapped into the visions that I'm getting from my other energy entities, her voice comes and directs me through that journey. Okay, That is my highest self-expression. Now above that, I also have where I meditate, which is it's like a light coming out of my head a little bit beyond what I can reach into this other realm or portal, which is everything and nothing, and that's God's source. That's where I remember that all of this is a creation. All of this is an expression. All of this is just is, but I am the one doing all of this, okay? So the bottom grounds me to everybody. The middle, the I mean, the channel is the trunk. The tree is where I work, right? So that's where I'm open and allowing all this information to come through without judgment from my ego. And then at the top, I realize that I'm the one creating all this. So it gives me that infinite God source potential. And then last, what I do is I remove my ego. My ego is just the expression that I need in order to interact with others. It's like a paper clip on my expression. It's stagnant at that time so that people can connect to it, right? And that is shows up as a candle, like an Ebenezer Scrooge kind of candle with a handle, 
and I bring it back through my body and over to the right and I put it down and I'll pick you up later. I have a big ego flame. That's all I can say. It is quite bright and flickers like crazy. The funny thing about my ego flame is it reminds me of the flame I always saw as a kid. You know that this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That song when I was a kid in like, um, what is it, school, church school or whatever, um, I always aligned to that. Because at, in, in growing up, I was bombarded with all these other external stories of how I should be and all this. And I, and I grabbed hold of the meaning of that song because it reminded me that no matter what was happening on the outside, my true expression was my light within. And that kind of just um, stayed with me through all my, um, I don't know, struggles, I guess, in um, and freeing myself from the stories of the outside. Okay, so I'm going to take um, three breaths. I'm going to go inside into this space, and then I'm going to ask questions. And it's really important, and it took quite a bit of practice in allowing whatever comes through. So I don't get, I, I don't criticize or question my visions. I just interpret them. So I plug in, I just see, and I just talk without trying to get it right. Here we go. Okay, so I'm in my space now so I can ask my questions and just allow. It's like a theater of the mind, it's just blank. Um, like a dark space and then I see my council and I see Teresa. So the questions that I want to know is I'm, I'm trying to move forward. I am trying. I am deciding to move forward and I am still feeling resistance and right away what it is is I cannot move forward unless there's an instruction in my head. So our actions are tied to our thoughts of movement and if I have no thought of it's like an instruction, right? If I don't have an instruction, then I'm just waiting for information. Why don't I have the next step instructions? Uh, I keep telling myself over and over, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do next. And guess what? I don't know what to do next. So instead of closing down that opportunity for information, I can open it back up and saying, what would I do next? What can I do next here? What is a possible next step? So rather than shutting off my movement because I'm creating limitations in my own perception, I'm going into it saying, I don't know what to do next. And so it is that. I do not know what is next when I declare it so. So rather than moving forward and um, starting with that statement, I can move forward in saying, um, what is an option to move forward? What will I do next? So the questions lead to the answers. The statements lead to a, um, a paperclip, right? So when I say a paperclip, it takes an expression of our thoughts and it creates a reality expression for that moment. And every time we choose that thought again, it keeps it in that ego expression. So my ego expression has always been going from the part of, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do next. I can only see the future. I can unfold it a hundred years from now, but I can't see it tomorrow. 
that is the story that I've been creating and I keep saying it over and over again and that is what's manifested in my reality is I am very confident about my vision down the line but I am not allowing my confidence in the in the next step because I shut it down right away with my statement so ask a question when I feel as if I cannot move forward because I don't have clarity, the next step is to ask a question. What could I do now? What have others done now? If nothing on the outside existed, what would be the possibilities? Ah, so it's taking me back to the 101 ways. So in my class, I've taught before um, in, in trying to get to creativity, right? When we're stalled and we're like, this cannot be. We come up with 101 ways where it could be. And that means that we're allowing our minds to open up without the limitations and the judgments of, well, that's not possible. That hasn't been done before. So basically what we're doing is giving ourselves permission to um, imagine what could be rather than um, clarifying for ourselves what is now because what is now is a constant every single time we choose it is now it is now it is now and it's only when we allow ourselves the um, it's almost like a dream space right where we don't include the limitations that we are projecting onto the outside world to come into our space of creativity from um, where we're trying to or not trying to where we are placing our focus in order to move forward Yeah. The other thing that's preventing me, what I can see, is that um, it's almost like I'm, I'm at an art gallery and I want this finished product to show to people rather than allowing them in to see it before it's completed. And that limits my ability to play with others because I want to tell them about the vision but I don't want to include them in the unfolding because once again, I'm judging on the, um, the current expression of the unfolding. I understand that it's not going to be my final um, presentation and I am, um, there's a resistance to wanna show or share with others the messy process before. So it's almost like I'm, I'm desperate to play with other people on this project, but I don't want them to come and play until my part is perfect. And that's never going to happen. So it's like I'm in this gallery just waiting to show off my picture. But then if I rewind the tape <laughs> before I get to that gallery, there's so much frustration and so much um, that's challenging me because I'm trying to do it all alone. And that is only because I'm trying to protect the vulnerability of my ego. So it keeps coming back to the same thing. It is the scripts which I'm running inside of me, the scripts, the thoughts, the beliefs that are preventing me from the next step. There's nothing on the outside world that is coming in and saying, you cannot do this. It is only from the inside that I'm creating that limitation. Um, ah, it is, I have this aspect of, of perfectionism 
but not perfect as far as in in comparison with the outside world. So it's not like I see a product out there and I say, I must align exactly to what that product is. That's not my level of perfection. What I do is I have my own idea of what it looks like and I'm trying to align in perfection to that idea. So when I create, like for instance, when I'm writing, I have an expectation in my head and when the unfolding is not in perfect alignment to that expect uh, the expectation i destroy it i delete it i erase it i prevent myself from moving forward it's almost like um i'm competing with something that's not actually in existence right i'm competing with something that i designed in this other space. So, oh, I got to bring it back to now again. So, it's living in the future that is preventing me from taking action in the now. So, when I bring my consciousness to right now, right now, right now, there really isn't a perfect vision to alignment with because it's in the unfolding of now that I'm making my decisions. Instead of making a decision and bringing that from the future into the present, I'm making each decision in the present. And that allows me to release from this paper clip, right? The paper clip is um, the expression that I'm creating for myself in each choice, consciously or unconscious. So when I have an expression of this cannot be done unless it looks exactly like this, I choose that every instance I try to take action. Every instance that I do something, my... Um, judgments or rating system goes to if it is not this perfection then it should not exist and I destroy it so remove the expectation of that outside and just make my decisions at each moment and that brings up a fear because I have such a tie to this vision this vision is almost like um, I, I'm getting like a picture, like I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, right? I'm, I'm attaching my personal value. I'm attaching my, um, my life process, my self-expression, my, um, my future economic standing. I have everything invested in this vision. So it's big. It's huge. There's a lot of cost if I don't get it correct. And it's those limitations on it that are preventing me from doing anything. All right. So the lesson is always to come back to the now. To the now, to the now, to the now, to the now. And I understand that that is my struggle, is that living in the future um, removes time from the present. And anything that is built must be done in the present. It's showing me how this plays out. So I'm seeing like basically memories pop up of how this has come into play throughout my life. So it's a constant struggle that I have. And the only answer of unfolding that is to remain in the now and make a new decision. So 
seeing that vision and instantly that anxiety comes up of it must look exactly like that and just choosing to let that story go. So I need to replace it with another thought or another programming. So right now I say, if it doesn't turn out exactly as my vision, what's the point? And instead the choice that I can make is that vision is like, oh, wonderful. They're showing me a brochure for like travel. Okay, so if we were going to go to, um, I don't know, the Bahamas or something. All right, I see islands. So I'm gonna go to these islands and I see a brochure. And I'm like, ooh, that excites me. It's something that um, produces this energy, right? Of a, So that I may express. But as I go through my um, decisions in order to get to this place, those aren't represented in the, the brochure. So my vision, I see the picture of what it is. But in order to get there, they don't necessarily line up. So I can take a boat, I can take a plane, I can take a car, I can take all of these things. Um, and it doesn't change the picture. Oh, okay, so here's what it is. I'm seeing the picture is stagnant, but in the ways to deliver what is in the picture are um, unlimited, right? So it, it's saying that I always only want one pathway to get there because I try to do something and I'm like, okay, I must deliver what it looks like there, but I only am using one road, one pathway. And when I have an obstacle, I'm not open to going down a different pathway. And so what it's showing me with the brochure and travel is, is that it doesn't matter how you get there. That is in the, um, alignment with your expression. So if you want to get there all bougie and you want to pay a lot of money, you can do that. If you want to get there on um, a dime and you want to find a hustle to get there, you could do that. If you want to find, um, so it's adventurous and you meet a lot of people on the way, you could do that. So it's opening up my how instead of one lane to here's how it's created. This must be. Because in that one lane, it, it provides anxiety or, or it creates anxiety. Because then there's a win and a lose. But in creation, there is no win and lose. It's just express. Oh, did that give you what you wanted? Did you enjoy that? Nope. Okay, express a different way and express a different way. Where I'm seeing it as there must be a right way. Ah... Uh, and then my teen energy comes up and it says, whenever there's a one way, you're going to do it this way or the highway, I choose the highway. <laughs> so basically what I'm doing is I'm recreating a way that I've experienced the world. The world commands of me, or this was my prior belief, the world commanded of me to show up in one way. And then my expression would not play along with that. I'd say, no, if you demand me to be a something, to be a certain way, then my personality is going to be the opposite. Either just to spite because you have the gall to tell me what I could do in this world or um, in, in a matter of pride. Yes, I express myself outside of the realm of control. So I'm just recreating that for myself. I'm being the control of my vision 
and saying, you must do it this way. And then my inner teen is saying, watch me not. (laughs) And then we're fighting, right? Because I'm saying, if you don't do it this way, then it can't be done. And then my inner teen is saying, well, if you tell me I have to do it that way, then I will not do it. Oh, I totally see those identities coming through. Okay. So again, release the control, hold the vision as if it was a destination, but know that I have multiple ways to get to that destination. And that is my expression, is how I want to get there. And at all times it can change. Anytime along the pathway, I can decide that I want to change. Cool. All right, I'm out. All right, so... um, The thing that comes with this is now integration. There's one aspect of knowing, but then there's the other of understanding and making it wisdom. So what I found out from my um, channel on Thursday was when it came up, I was like, ooh, what an interesting message for others. (laughs) And then on Friday when I worked for Teresa, it came up again. And this time, of course, Teresa was there and she was able to say, Emmeline, this is not for others. This is your message. You are being challenged again and again um, so that you can um, address this, right? My, My projection onto others is what that lesson was. And now this lesson, I've had it a million times to come back to the present. The now is where my power is, and the future is where my anxiety lies. Now, I need them both. I do need my future visions, but um, I need to understand that those are like brochures. And how I get there is my expression. Yeah, because the visions aren't mine. I don't believe that I'm creating them. I think that they're coming to me, and then I'm trying to... Um, get there. So it is like a brochure, like an island that already exists in the world. And I'm trying to get there. This idea exists in the world. It's not like I'm, I'm creating anything that's, um, phenomenally different, but it's my, my ability to execute and create it. So it can be shared with the world that determines my life expression. So, okay. Be in the now, be in the now, be in the now. I guess that's going to leave me with, right now I'm inspired to reach out to people and share, not my 100-year vision, but share some next steps. So I'll say, hey, how about this? What do you think about this? Um, With an understanding that it is not a must It's just an option and to be flexible in how that changes. And if it doesn't happen in the way that my current vision is, then I can adjust that to allow for um, multiple routes to the destination. Okay, that's my lesson for today. Be in the now. (laughs) All right, we'll do this again tomorrow.